I want to just preach a message this morning entitled, Feet That Are Ready. Feet That Are Ready. Do you know the Bible talks about feet? Um, we don't like to talk about our feet. I, I know I don't. Uh, I, I can't remember the last time when feet were part of my discussion with somebody. Uh, other than maybe my wife, you know, we might say, oh, my feet hurt or you know, something like that. But, you know, I mean, let's face it, you come to church and, you know, you don't say, you know, my feet just really felt really great today. How about your feet? Uh, I, I, you know, I, over the last couple of days, you know, Bobby and I have been together a little bit. and uh, Feet, we didn't discuss feet at all, did we? You know, feet are not those things that we talk about a lot. But you need your feet. Your feet are vitally important to you. In fact, as a soldier in the army of the Lord, your feet are absolutely essential. In fact, any soldier will tell you if anything happens to their feet and they are taken off their feet, usually they are taken out of active service. They are honorably discharged because of a medical condition. Feet are absolutely essential. In fact, I was reading a little bit about, um, about there is a, 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 an American contingency of soldiers along with South Korean soldiers along the DMZ between South Korea and North Korea. The Korean War is one of those wars that has never ended. It is still, there, there has never been a peace treaty there has never been any kind of thing. It's just all of a sudden one day shots ceased. But nobody, there's no active, and of course we know in the news lately, North Korea has been heating up and there have been all kinds of discussions about what they can or cannot do and, and so on. And there are always little incidents here and there that you might hear about regarding North Korea. But there is always, because of the fact that the Korean War never ended, there have been South Korean soldiers there along what is called the demilitarized zone and American forces which have been there since the 50s when the Korean War started. Uh, there have always been an American contingency along there. But in this one camp that is less than 100 yards from the border, less than 100 yards from the DMZ, American soldiers, most soldiers that are there, sleep with their boots on. Because they have to be ready at a moment's notice. Now this may not be the case for every soldier. I don't really know. I have never been in the military. I don't know if they sleep with their boots on all the time or not. But in this one location, they do. Because there's always this ongoing tension and this sense that at a moment's notice... You've got to be ready to be on your feet. And at that moment, you can't be messing with lacing up your combat boots. You've got to be ready to go. Proper footing for any soldier is vital and essential. Our military refers to them as combat boots. But a soldier without the right footwear is weak at best and dangerous to himself and to his company. If the feet aren't properly taken care of and protected, the consequences 
can be absolutely severe, and many who fought in the Vietnam War found that to be the case, as they were constantly going through swamps and going through places, and eventually their foot feet began to blister, and there began to be all kinds of foot problems and conditions that when you are out in, in battle and your feet have to be under you and have to be strongest, all of a sudden now they were weak and they couldn't run. They couldn't get to where they needed to get. And often the enemy can overcome as a result of feet that are not properly taken care of. We have been going through and we have seen already in these verses of Scripture this passage of Scripture that we have been reading and going through over the last few months. And the Bible tells us this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 15. It says these words, uh, And with your feet fitted, now I want you to notice how Paul words this, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Now, I know a lot of people preach this passage as you've got to be ready to deliver the gospel. But in the context of what it is that we have been talking about, this is talking about a soldier in the army of the Lord being absolutely prepared when the enemy is coming at you. Now, I think there is a hint of it in here, and it would be very easy for me to preach this as we've got to be ready to give the gospel. But yet at the same time, I want us to see what Paul is saying in this. Paul is essentially letting us know that our feet have to be ready in the warfare that we are faced with because the enemy is doing his best. Remember what we read in the earlier passage and what we read in these earlier verses of Scripture? The Bible lets us know that we are to stand that when we are fighting the battle and we are coming against the enemy, that we are doing everything that we possibly can to stand in the midst of the battle. Remember our message on the last one standing. We have to be that last one standing. And feet that are not properly cared for will take us out of the running. You see, the Bible tells us there are so many different ways there really there are different ways that we can fight the enemy and we can we can walk this Christian life. The Bible also says that we can run the race. You can't do any of those things when the feet aren't properly taken care of. So he's looking at the soldier and he is seeing the soldier in front of him as he is in his prison cell and he is noting all the different pieces of his armor and his weaponry and the things that he and Paul notices you know what his feet he's ready to go he's ready to go after the enemy when it's when it's vitally important listen to what the Bible says turn over in your Bibles if you would you're in Ephesians we just read that verse of scripture but I want you to go to Psalm 73 for a minute because we're going to see what can happen if we don't have the proper footwear and we don't have what we need on our feet. The Bible says this in Psalm 73 and verse 2. Psalm 73 and verse 2. Listen to the psalmist. He says this, But as for me, 
my feet had almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. As for me, my feet had almost slipped and I had nearly lost my foothold. Why? Here's why. The psalmist, and you have to take time, we're not going to take time to read this whole passage of Scripture in Psalm 73, but the Bible says that he looked out and he saw the wicked. He saw the unbelievers. He saw people who didn't love God. And it seemed as though there were people who, though they didn't love God, they had it better in life than those who did love God. And he said, wait a minute. What's going on here? How many have ever been there? This psalm, I think, uh, more than any other psalm in the Scripture has, has caused me to just pause for a minute as I look out at the world, and it seems like they're so successful. they got everything going on. Everything is great and wonderful. This psalm, you need to read this psalm. When you're, you're allowing that to happen in your mind, and the enemy's saying, ha-ha, see, it's so great being a Christian, isn't it? They're having more fun than you. They've got it better than you. They're more successful. successful. Go to Psalm 73 and begin to read it. And he says, here's what happened to me. When I looked at them and I saw how everything was great and wonderful, my feet almost slipped. I nearly lost my foothold. You see, without the proper footwear, a soldier's feet might slip. If you allow yourself to look at the world and not trust in what God has provided to you, brothers and sisters, it can be a dangerous, dangerous, slippery slope for you to stand on. He says, I looked out and I saw everybody had it going on. There was so many wonderful things that they were, you know, was coming to them and they had everything that they wanted. But me, I had nothing. And as you go down through the psalm, you begin to see where the psalmist, as he recounts what it is that they have going for them, the psalmist begins to say, all of a sudden he comes to this place of realization, this place in his heart where it's revealed to him, but the end of them is going to be different than you. And here's the answer. He says later on in that psalm, he said, when I came into the sanctuary of the Lord, then I understood their end. I want to tell you something. You might struggle today in your race, in this Christian life, in this battle that you are faced with. You might struggle with how successful the world might seem. And nobody seems to care about God. Nobody loves God. And they don't really care. They don't want to hear about it. They don't want anything to do with it and you think they got it better than I do why don't I just go after that I want you to go into the presence of the Lord and begin to get a hold of God and he's going to say I've got something to put on your feet that's going to help you never to slip I'm going to give you what you need to stand against that temptation you see the devil is trying to get you through temptation. He is trying to get you to get your mind off Christ. If he could get your mind on other things, if you can begin to think about other things and not focus on Christ, then here's what's going to happen. You're going to slip. And a soldier who slips is dangerous to himself and to his company. Here, look around you this morning. This is your company. We're fighting for one another. Hopefully we're not fighting one another. 
but we should be standing alongside each other fighting the enemy. The enemy is doing his best to bring you down, to discourage you, to make you give up. Some of you come around every now and then, and then all of a sudden you wonder why it is that you can't live consistently. I want to tell you, get into the house of God on a regular basis. Be in the presence of the Lord on a regular basis, and God will help you never to slip. Never to slip. Without proper footwear, a soldier's feet might also stumble. Go to 1 John, all the way over into the New Testament, into the book of 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2. And I want you to see this. If we don't have proper footwear, here's what can happen. And yet, this is on the positive side of it. You turn it around and make it a negative. But I want you to see, the Bible says, whoever loves his brother, 1 John chapter 2, verse 10, whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. There is nothing in him to make him stumble. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. We have to love one another so that we don't stumble in our walk with the Lord. That we don't stumble in our effort to live a life that is honoring to God. That we don't stumble when the enemy comes along and he tries to get in with division. He tries to get in with strife. He tries to get in with all kinds of things. We will not stumble but instead, we will stand our ground. The Bible says, if we love, whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. You're strong when you love. But when all of a sudden, the love begins to grow cold. The love uh, that you have for one another, the love that you have for God begins to grow cold. Then what can happen is you can stumble over things. Well, I don't understand why that person is acting that way. I don't understand. We begin to focus on other people. Listen, brothers and sisters, that's what the enemy is trying to do. This is the spiritual warfare that we are in. The enemy is coming and he is trying to get you to look at other things. Look at your neighbor, look at your loved one, look at the, the person next to you. And all of a sudden now begin to look at their faults and look at the things that they're doing. And all of a sudden you're going to find that you're going to stumble over things. So we've got to have the right footwear. The Roman soldier's footwear served some important purposes. It was designed to function with uh, it was designed with function in mind. I'm just curious how many of you like to go shoe shopping? Come on, be honest. I, I, do I have any men here who are <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm not interested either. Trust me. It was all ladies, wasn't it? Uh, ben, did you raise your hand? Did I see your hand? Yeah, Ben likes all right. All right. All right. Oh, I, well, listen, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't like a fine pair of shoes. I just hate the process. I hate the, in fact, these shoes I have had, I, I'm, I, I don't remember the last time I went shoe shopping. I think I have had these and the other pair, the black pair that I have. I have had these for, I would venture to say, somewhere within the vicinity of five years or more. It's time, right? 
But, you know, and, and I, I just, I don't like the process. Now, we don't go shoe shopping, at least most of the time. If you're shopping for dress shoes, you do want them to feel a little bit comfortable, right? You want them to have an element of comfort to them. But, ladies, I still don't know how you do the high heel thing. I have no clue how that makes any sense at all. You Like balancing, you know, I, I don't know how it happens. But when you go to the shoe store, what is the first thing you think about? How they look. You are concerned about form over function. You like the design. You like how they really look. And then you put them on and walk around, look in the mirror that they have on the floor to make sure that they look right and, and all of that. And, you, you know, the shoes, they, they can, you, it's more about form. Because I will tell you that as soon as I get home, these babies are coming off. Because they are not comfortable at all. Why I've had them as long as I have, I have no idea. When I take them off, my feet say, thank you, thank you, thank you. Get these off. The Roman soldier's combat boots, as it were, was more sort of like a sandal, but it it covered their, their foot a little bit. It was, it was designed to make them comfortable. It was designed to help them so that that particular sandal did not in any way hinder them, but it helped them. In fact, it was designed in such a way as to not cause blistering on their foot. How many of you have ever had a blister on your foot from a new pair of shoes? Oh, it hurts like crazy, right? It just, you get those shoes off and say, never again. And you wish you could return them, but after you wore them, you know you can't, right? So you, 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 the, the Roman soldier's footwear was designed so that it would not hinder, would not hurt the feet of the, the man that was wearing them. It was designed for function. This is what our footwear is like. We'll get into this in just a moment. But here's what it provided. It provided preparation. Go to 2 Timothy chapter 2. The Bible tells us that we are to be prepared at all times. We are to be ready. We're going to go to 2 Timothy and then we're going to go to 1 Peter. So let's go to 2 Timothy right now. And the Bible lets us know, remember that God told, uh, told us, has told us in his word that he has provided everything that we need that pertains to life and godliness. It is no different than with the footwear that we are to wear. I'm not talking about physical footwear, but instead God has provided us with the gospel of peace so that we are always ready when the enemy comes and threatens what a greater thing to what greater thing to have than peace in the midst of your battle when the enemy comes along and says i'm going to take you out you've got peace but what about what is this preparation it is the preparation to be ready to do warfare against the enemy and the bible says this in second timothy 2 and verse 15 it says do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. The idea here in the King James reads, study to show yourself approved. In other words, 
We've got to get the Word of God into us to be prepared for whatever battle the enemy is going to bring our way. You remember when Jesus went out into the desert and he was tempted by the devil? The devil came along and twisted the Scripture. What did Jesus do? He set him straight with other Scripture. He didn't twist it, but instead he put it in its right context and he threw it at the enemy and defeated the devil with the Scripture. This is why we've got to be prepared so that we know what the gospel of peace says. If we're not getting the Word of God into us, how are we going to fight the enemy when the enemy comes along and has a better plan for your life, at least he says, and he's trying to bring you down, he's trying to discourage you, or he is trying to tempt you to walk away from your faith and walk away from what it is that you know. You have the Word of God in you to help you to be able to fight the enemy. Remember, we are in a warfare. But the warfare that we are fighting is not against flesh and blood. It is against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. We are fighting an enemy, and the only way to defeat that enemy is to be ready with the Word when, the, when we are, are faced and presented with what His options are. We've got to have the Word. We've got to know the Word. We've got to study the Word. Get it into us. Listen to what the Bible says. What about when the enemy comes along and he tries to test your faith with what other people say? Let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. 1 Peter chapter 3. And I'm going to read two verses of Scripture here. uh, 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 15 and 16. The Bible says this, but in your hearts set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. What is Peter saying? He is saying this. He is saying we have got to be ready in our hearts, be ready at all times to be able to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason of the hope that you have. Why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe a certain way? Why do you do this? Now, I love how Peter follows up because Peter says this in the last part of verse 15, but do this with gentleness and respect. We should never as believers get into arguments with unbelievers. We're not giving a reason for the hope that we have in us at that point. Instead, we're just picking a fight. Or we're walking into one and we're enjoying it a little bit. We shouldn't get into arguments with unbelievers about it. The Bible says simply to be ready, be prepared, be ready at a moment's notice to give a reason for the hope that you have in you. When somebody asks you, what is the reason for the hope that you have? You can say it is based upon what Jesus Christ did on the cross and how He saved me from sin. I believe His Word to be true. Brothers and sisters, but we don't have to fight with people about it. We do it with gentleness, the Bible says, 
and respect. Why respect? Say, well, they're cantankerous. They're angry. They're upset. Here's why. Respect simply because they are made in the image of God. Whether they like to believe that or not, they have been made in the image of God, just like you and me. They're as human as you and I. The only difference is we have come to trust in Christ and what it is that He's done on the cross. They can get there too if we can help them along and be ready and be prepared to allow that to happen. When the enemy comes and he says, oh, that person's not going to want to hear it, he's battling, he's battling. But brothers and sisters, we have a hope that is within us and we've got to be ready to give an answer. Now, the footwear provided preparation. The footwear also provided protection. It was designed, as I mentioned earlier, to, so as not to create blisters on the feet for long marches. You know that such a small thing as a very small blister, it can make you limp. It can make you do all kinds of things. And you know, most of you, you know that if you're injured on one foot, you will begin to limp on the other but I've lived long enough to know that when I limp, the good leg starts to hurt because I'm putting more pressure of this, you know, very svelte kind of, uh, this fit, can't even butt my jacket, um, body. You know, when you're as in shape as, uh, you know, I used, I used to tell people, they say, you, you know, you're, you're out of shape. No, I'm not out of shape. I've got too much of it. That's the problem. Way, way too much shape. Plenty of it. But, you know, you, you begin to put pressure, and now all of a sudden your feet are out from under you. But how was it started? It was started by one little small blister. There's a Dr. Seuss book that's, that is uh, entitled, I think, The Little Bug That Went Kachoo. And it was this little teeny tiny tiny bug sneeze. And it started this chain reaction that eventually affected the entire town. It's a hilarious little book. It affected the whole town. The whole place just went crazy. Somewhere in the chain reaction, something happened that was bigger the next time that happened. Something else happened that was even bigger than the last. And something else happened that was even bigger until finally the whole town was affected by this one tiny little thing. Do you know that the Bible indicates that that can happen with us? Listen to this. Song of Solomon says this. Song of Solomon 2 and verse 15. It says, Catch for us the foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Get in there, they get in there and they begin to spoil things. They begin to take care of things in the way that they want to. They begin to make things happen in that vineyard that shouldn't be happening. They begin to destroy and bring destruction, but they are the littlest things that can get in there and create all kinds of problems. Bobby knows he was there as my furnace was opened up yesterday and saw within there there were two burners in the furnace that didn't fire. And we both witnessed a man of 35 years experienced. All of a sudden, when he saw that the two burners weren't lighting, he got scared instantly. I mean, this guy has experience, you know, with all of that. He got scared instantly and 
started to jump back and he took off the thing that made the furnace turn on and, and he said, oh, that's not good, that's not good. And he opened up and then this tiny little thing, Bobby could tell you what the little thing is, it's a little thing for me. This tiny, what? The, the orifice, yes, of where the gas has to come through a teeny tiny little spider. It was the itsy bitsy spider. Did not go up the water spout, but when in the orifice of the gas chamber of our furnace, got in there, spun the tiniest, most perfect white little web. It was like this little sheet. It looked like it was supposed to be there, but it wasn't. Spun the little web. Jerry stuck his screwdriver in there, pulled it out, and the, the spider was long dead because the oxygen gets sucked out, kills the spider instantly after he has, he has spun the web. So the spider is dead, but he's already done his damage, and he was blocking the gas from going through. And he explained there could be a couple of things that happen. You waste gas, it goes up the chimney. He says you can't heat your house properly, which did happen this winter. It didn't heat properly. And he said the other thing is, is gas can build up in there, and, well, you know, nice knowing you and 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 so I said so we've been living in a death trap for the last year he said pretty much yeah thank you and so he dug that thing out as soon as it came out gas came through it lit up as it should it operated as it was it was supposed to but here's this big big mechanical thing that was essentially taken down by one tiny little tiny itsy bitsy spider that got into the wrong place and created trouble for us. It's the little things, folks, that get in the way. It's the little things that take our feet out from under us in the battle. The enemy comes along, and he knows he can't get you with all kinds of, of bad sins, you know, the big ones, the big bad ones. But you know what? He gets in with the tiny little things. He gets in with the little things that you begin to focus your attention on. He gets in with doubts. He gets in with unbelief. He gets in with other things, and they're just little at the moment you think there's no big deal about it or maybe he comes in with some temptation nah, nobody knows nobody you know God understands a weak and we begin to make excuses for all kinds of things but it's those little things that get in brothers and sisters the word of God has said that he has provided for us protection for our feet so that we can stand our ground when the enemy comes along and is trying to take us out of the game it's designed to give protection over rough and difficult terrain. Those sandals had, at times, they had studs that were put in them that were hammered into the bottom of the sole so that when they traveled over these rough terrains and rocky mountains, they wouldn't slip on those slippery slopes. It provided protection for their feet as well under those rocks. You know, you, you put a leather sandal on that's really thin 
and, and that leather sandal is good on flat surfaces, but I tell you, you can't go hiking with those things because your feet are going to get torn up. So they would often put these, not another layer, and put these studs in them to help them and protect their feet from the rocks and from, from the, the rough terrain of their march. Brothers and sisters, we have a rough terrain called life in which we have to stand our ground when the enemy comes along and we, we are fighting the devil and it seems rough and it seems seems hard it seems difficult god has given you everything that you need to be able to stand up against the enemy and be the last one standing you don't have to fail you don't have to fall it provides protection for you there's one last thing that it provides it provided power how could it provide power well it's an interesting thing you know that if you are you know, the feet are strong and they're healthy. The rest of you, you can handle it. You can take it. You know, your body might have aches and pains, but man, take your feet out from under you. And that's, that's a rough thing to handle. Your feet helps you to stand upright. It helps you to stay where you need to, to be. It gives you the strength to be able to move forward in God and to, to allow God to work in your life. It provided with power, you see, often the shoe of the Roman soldier beyond these studs that were in there, these little nubs that were made out of metal, there were also spikes that they would put in to those things that would be hammered into the sole of the foot. You see, first this provided the power to stand on any terrain without fear of falling. The Bible says in Jude 24, to him who is able to keep you from falling. God is able to keep you from falling, whether it's into sin or into temptation. He is able to keep you from that. It provided them the power that they needed to stand their ground when their footing maybe wouldn't have been sure otherwise. Now they've got some piece of equipment in there that will help them to stand their ground. Brothers and sisters, you and I now have the, the gospel of peace on our feet and we are able to stand our ground. That gospel can change a life. That gospel can bring help to somebody who's hurting. But that gospel can also cause you to be able to stand your ground when the enemy comes along and he says I'm going to take you down and I'm going to take you out you've got power under you to help you to be able to say I don't think so not today you're not going to do that I'm going to stand my ground I'm going to have the power to stand in any terrain I will not fall because the Bible says I don't have to fall second this provided the power to inflict pain on the enemy Remember, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting a spiritual enemy. The Bible says this. Turn over to Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. But before and as you're getting there, just keep an ear open for a moment to hear this verse of Scripture in Psalm 60 and verse 12. The Bible says, With God we will gain the victory, and He will trample down our enemies. He will trample down our enemies. With God, we will gain the victory and He will trample down our 
enemies. We can inflict pain upon the enemy as he comes against us because of what God has provided to us. But Luke chapter 10 and verse 19, listen to what Jesus said to his disciples as he was sending them out two by two. He sent out 70 disciples, not just the 12, but 70 of them two by two. They went out and he says this to them. He says, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. He's not speaking literally here. But, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You read that again. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm harm you. He is inflicting, he says, you can inflict pain on the kingdom of the devil. The devil does not have to win. He will not win, but you will be victorious and you can trample on everything that he brings against you. Brothers and sisters, you do not have to be under your circumstances. You can be over the circumstances. You can be on top of them. And the enemy comes in and he tries to discourage you and bring doubt and bring fear and bring all kinds of things in your life to make you feel as though you're going to give in. You have the power of the gospel of peace upon your feet. That readiness that comes that you can stand your ground and you can trample on the enemy. You see, often those spikes were there. They were there not only for the terrain, but when they had their enemy under their feet, they could finish them off. Brothers and sisters, God has given us everything that we need to defeat the enemy there is one final thing that it provides in this power that is given and this provides the power to stand when the enemy advances against you the point has been simply this that you would be the one to stand after you've done everything you would stand after everything has come your way and the devil has come and he's tried to discourage you and bring you down, I want you to know that you don't have to give in to that discouragement. You don't have to give in to a spirit of defeat. You don't have to give in to everything that the devil says you've got to give in to. But instead, you can stand your ground. You can overcome. You've got the power to be able to stand when the enemy comes at you. He comes at you and he goes, boo! And sometimes we get scared and we get afraid like oh no it's the devil you don't have to be afraid of the devil you don't have to fear him in any way one preacher told a story of how as a young boy this was back in the 50s this happened uh, as he was in school he was in I think he was in middle school he was in junior high and he was friends he was the pastor's son and there was this one little friend who was you know he's kind of a little chubby kid he was shorter than everybody, he was in, but they were in seventh grade. And he had, you know, they, they hung out together, but this, this little guy, he was just the object of getting picked on. You know, he, he had, he, I don't know if he had the face, he had whatever, but he just was the object of the bigger guy's contention and frustration and uh, he would just get it. I mean, these guys would be walking home with their books and they'd come along and they'd just push them aside and their books would fall on the ground and the big guys, they'd kick their books up the street a ways until they went off into the bushes. And 
and they, the two boys would run after them. And this young boy uh, who always was getting picked on, his name was Roger. He finally got so fed up with all of it. He knew that he couldn't take these guys. He knew that there was no way in his own strength that he could do it. So he decided that he would talk to his older brother, who was much bigger, much stronger. And there was this place in the school where these boys on a daily basis would get together. They'd hang out. You know, the grass was all worn away where they'd hang out. And they'd just, you know, be up to planning no good. And they were just, just, you know, hanging out there. And all of a sudden, up walks Roger's big brother. And he asked Roger from the distance, he said, is this the guy who did it? Yeah, that's the guy. And before it was all over, the big bully who had picked on Roger was toothless. He was upside down and out cold. And from that point on, in the school, Roger ruled. Nobody messed with Roger anymore. Nobody came to, to, to pick on Roger at any, at any point. Why? Because there was somebody who was more powerful, who was greater, who had come to his aid. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, when the enemy comes along and he comes after you to threaten you, to bully you, to make you think that you are the loser in this situation, all you got to do is go to the Word of God and say, my Bible lets me know that God is the one that you've got to go through to get to me. You will not take me down. You will not take me out because I've got somebody who is on my side. Jesus, my elder brother, is going to come to my rescue. He is going to help me and he is going to strengthen me. And brothers and sisters, I want you to know that the devil will turn and run because he is already defeated on the cross. He knows what Jesus can do. He knows that the devil has been defeated. He knows that there is absolutely nothing that can be done to take you down. But brothers and sisters, we stand in the gospel of peace. It keeps us in the midst of our storm. It keeps us in the midst of our battle. It is the peace that passes all understanding that will guard our hearts and our minds. I want us to stand together right now and I want you to give God praise for what it is the Lord has done for you. Give God praise right now in the midst of your battle that he has provided you the proper footing to be able to stand your ground without it you would be buried but with it you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you let's give God praise right now you might have committed the building your face with your battle right now rejoice in the Lord that he has given you everything that you need to be able to stand against the power of the enemy hallelujah Lord we thank you today